We'll continue to give our media day reactions after the Charlotte Hornets hosted that on Monday. Is there something Steve Clifford thinks LaMelo Ball can tweak to take his game to an even higher level? Plus, the team has a mantra for the upcoming season. We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube, and I'm going to make another attempt to do this solo. Doug's on a vacation. He's on a family vacation, and I know when people have babies within like the first year, they're talking about how it's not really a vacay when you have to bring the child with you, which is what a good parent would do. So hopefully he's still able to have some fun at the beach, but I do think he's going to join me tomorrow. So until then... I'm going to go solo. I'm going to try to deal with the software that allows me to upload a video. And we're just going to have to all stick together as I continue to give these media day reactions. We still have plenty to talk about. And I kind of buried the lead, to be honest with you, in that cold open. I don't have somebody to keep me focused or maybe unfocused when Doug is around. But burying the lead involved me not talking about Steve Clifford's plan for Gordon Hayward. LaMelo Ball also had an interview with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. I want to get to that in just a moment. But I did tease in the last show with Doug that we'd be talking about Steve Clifford's plan for Gordon Hayward, which kind of fascinates me because I think you're kind of going into the lack of offseason moves and how that's going to make it a lot harder for, for Steve Clifford to have this load management plan For a guy that they're going to have to depend on this year because you don't have Miles Bridges. You know, Steve Clifford sat down with us when we hosted that show on WFNZ on Monday right out at the uh, Spectrum Center. And he said that he understands Gordon Hayward's not uh, not going to be able to play every game. Wants to rest him. You know, maybe every five games or so. I don't know how it would look for Gordon Hayward. But that that plan is in place. And it's a good idea. You know, James Borrego came in with the same type of comments, saying that they're going to have to have that load management plan once the season started. But part, I don't know, like midway through the season, Gordon Hayward had played 45 games. And through that point, Hayward played 33.1 minutes per game halfway through the season, even a little past. And then he got hurt, would try to come back basically two and a half games. I think that third game he came back, he only played six minutes. But through that 45-game mark, Miles Bridges was the only guy that had played more on a per-game average. I think Terry Rozier was right there. We all know LaMelo wasn't at that average because there were so many people angry about it, and LaMelo should have played more. Miles posted 36 per game, but missed a couple, so I think even in total, Gordon did lead the team in total minutes played because Terry had been in and out, had the injury problems at the beginning of the season, and Miles, I think, missed like one. But that was it. Gordon gets hurt, comes back those two and a half games I'm talking about, and he's bounced, right? Done. Done for the year. Despite an initial diagnosis where we all thought he would come back second year in a row where he doesn't. But Borrego didn't follow through on the initial plan. Maybe in part because he felt like he couldn't. After all, the Hornets were 26 and 20 with him playing all of those minutes at that point. Then he goes down, comes back, and you're six games above 500. And remember, that was with Miles Bridges on the roster playing alongside him. 
having the ability to spell Gordon Hayward when he needed to and bringing Miles Bridges in off the bench, vice versa, right? I know Miles was starting. So is Gordon. You get the idea. If you needed to stagger him, you had that opportunity. But even with Miles on the roster, James Brago decided he couldn't do it. And Steve Clifford is going to come in with the same game plan. It's a different coach. I have equated this to the Carolina Panthers situation where it didn't matter if it was Ron Rivera or Matt Rule coming in. They all had a game plan to rest Christian McCaffrey and not play him at this like 90% snap share. You know, We'll see if Steve Clifford actually carries out what he thinks, but I just don't know if he's going to have that option. So if he decides to rest him, what can you do? You know, if, if you don't have Miles right now, I don't think you're going to get Miles Bridges. So who are the other options to come out on the floor and help you out when Gordon is sitting on the bench? Because remember, as much as some people don't like Gordon Hayward, as much as he's definitely getting overpaid, I know he's polarizing. At the same time, Gordon posted good numbers when he played last year. You just can't depend on the guy to play. There's no doubt about it. And we get really frustrated with his lack of aggression at times. But if you go to Kelly Oubre, then... Kelly Oubre is not bringing that same type of efficiency, but what you might be able to get, like if you're to view this under the positive umbrella, then maybe you can start to get the offensive performance that Kelly Oubre gave you in the first half of the season. Like maybe he can give you that when Gordon Hayward goes to the bench or if he just doesn't play because of rest. And if he can, then we showed just how much last year the Hornets win and loss total was almost dictated by Kelly Oubre's offensive performance. And then in the second half, we all know it fell off of a cliff. But can Kelly actually give you something more consistent? Can he knock shots down at a higher level? Maybe he can come in and help you give Gordon a little bit of a rest every now and then. You know how much I like Jalen McDaniels, too. I think Jalen McDaniels comes in and actually increases your defense because I don't think Gordon Hayward has that part of his game anymore. I don't think he's going to be in awful spots, but the athleticism is starting to wane for a 32-year-old often injured player. And Jalen McDaniels is hopefully getting stronger, starting to grow into his own a little more. And plus, he's always been one of the better defenders. In fact, I'd probably go P.J. Washington number one. And then I'd go Jalen McDaniels right in the mix with a Cody Martin you know, like I, I love what Jalen can bring you on that end. Plus, if you look at his efficiency the last few years, hasn't shot anything less than 46% from the field. And when you talk about three-point field goal percentage, he shot 38 on higher volume last year. I just envision LaMelo Ball dribbling into the paint because it's what Steve Clifford has talked about a ton, paint touches. When you get into the paint, teams benefit offensively, whether it's kick out or whether it's getting fouled or actually finishing at the basket. So if you kick out and Jalen McDaniels is ready for a spot up three at 6'9", ain't nobody going to block it. Plus, he's proven that he can hit that now on the two attempts he had per game last year. So Kelly Oubre, can you give me that consistency or just that hotness in the first half that you had last season? And can Jalen take his game to a different level? Because he only played 16 minutes per contest last year. And I think that's where a new coach comes into play. It's funny to hear Steve Clifford's comments compared to James Borrego's and actually what took place when they moved on from Clifford to James Borrego the first time. 
And I want to talk about that a little bit more coming into the next segment. Plus, speaking of Kelly Oubre, he had some interesting comments, self-awareness, a self-assessment about what he needs to change going into next year. James Booknight had some comments on Media Day we did not address when me and Doug hosted that show just a couple of days ago. And also, we got to get to the Rod Boone LaMelo Ball article. And it really kind of focuses on what Steve Clifford thinks his star point card can do better in order to enhance his game even more so because there's certainly expected improvement from a guy that is expected to be your franchise players who can't wait to see how that looks coming up in this next season. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Bet Online has been a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network for some time now. We always appreciate their support. They're con- they're your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, and that includes the MLB, the MMA, boxing, even golf. And you can head to the website today by your computer or just using your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Remember, Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, so let's talk about a little more of this Rod Boone article that I just mentioned, just dropped on the Charlotte Observer, I believe, yesterday. So go check that out. And Steve Clifford, the headline is, Steve Clifford thinks one tweak can be a game changer for LaMelo Ball in the new NBA season. And Steve mentioned this to me and Will Palashik, a part of WFNZ when we were out there on Monday. He said, I think if he can get to the foul line more often, that's going to take his game to a different level. And it's just... Something that makes you salivate, man. Like, that's the type of thing. It's something that seems pretty simple that can take LaMelo's game to an entirely different level. Because if you look at what LaMelo Ball did last year compared to his rookie season, the free throw attempts actually didn't change. So he improved as a shooter. He improved as a decision maker for sure. Like, the the natural growth that you might see from a young player. But the free throw attempts didn't really change. Just 3.2 per game, and that was the exact number of times in the 51 games that he played his first year in the NBA. And so with Steve having an emphasis on that, talking about the paint touches, talking about LaMelo, being more aggressive, getting into the lane, I really think that could help his offensive efficiency. In fact, here's some more from Steve Clifford. If you want to look at his offensive efficiency, there are a couple things that are not major, major things that he knows he can do. For instance, he is terrific at getting to the rim, but he does not get fouled a lot. That is one of the things we have watched film on. And to be honest, if he can attempt more free throws per game, that would be a game changer for him and for our team. And and LaMelo Ball agrees. Yeah, it helps a lot, LaMelo said. I feel like anytime you go to the free throw line, you're just shooting the ball. So it helps on every shot, which is so simplistic from LaMelo, which is exactly what we've known we're going to get from him, right? You're just shooting the ball. And that's the type of mentality you want to have at the charity stripe, man. Like, you don't want to have all this added pressure on. And it worked for him. I mean, LaMelo's a crazy good free throw shooter. We just saw last year. And when you're a good free throw shooter and you get to the line a lot more, yeah, we can keep it simple here, too. Just like LaMelo, you're going to be a better offensive player. So hopefully all that works out and they're able to really tap into that. If LaMelo buys in, seems like LaMelo respects Steve Clifford. Feels like we're getting that from him. But not even just are we getting that from LaMelo. We're getting that from some other guys that kind of had a question mark surrounding them last season. And the first one I'll go to is James Booknight. I want to talk about his comments because I think he's a really big part of this season, especially on a team that didn't make any outside free agent acquisitions. 
We've mentioned it a million times. All you did was bring back Cody Martin and you drafted Mark Williams and Bryce McGowan's. So James Booknight, your first round pick from a year ago, didn't play at all, really. And he's the first first round pick under Mitch Kupchak to not get immediate playing time. Remember, Miles Bridges did in different situations, sure. But Miles Bridges got immediate playing time. P.J. Washington came out and immediately got some playing time after an impressive preseason. And we all know LaMelo Ball did. James Booknight, Kai Jones were the first two first rounders to not see the floor all that much. So James Booknight had this to say on his new head coach, Steve Clifford. We've been doing 8 a.m. film sessions. He said, when you have a coach that believes in you, it's dope. There's nothing like it. I met with them every day at 8 a.m. during summer league to watch film and understand what is expected of me. James Booknight also talked about how he does think the coaching change will benefit him. Wasn't really specific on why. And I understand that. You don't want to get caught in a misquote saying, anything quote-unquote disparaging about James Borrego, even though, I mean, could it be more clear that James Borrego and James Booknight didn't get along? I mean, these these guys, I mean, I don't know how close they were to fighting. We just know that James Booknight bucked up to JB. So pretty clearly, those two guys didn't get along, and it does seem like it will benefit James Booknight. I, I just wonder this. I go back to to the first time that the Hornets had a coaching change where you have Mitch Kupchak come in saying, hey, new regime, everything is about to be different. Steve Clifford, you got to go. I'm going to hire my own guy. And eventually they would decide on James Borrego. So the common criticism for Steve Clifford was that he wouldn't play some of the young guys. He wouldn't play some of the rookies or the star players, the guys drafted in the first round that never ended up panning out to be anything for this team at least before James Brago got there. And I'm talking about Malik Monk to a certain extent because Steve Clifford clearly didn't want Malik Monk. We all know the rumor that he wanted Donovan Mitchell. It's not even a rumor. It's a report. I shouldn't use that. It was a flat out report. We all know Steve Clifford wanted Donovan Mitchell instead of Malik Monk. JB comes in and what does he do? He talks about player development being a huge aspect of how he wants to build a foundation, a change in culture. And he talks about Malik Monk specifically saying how he loves what Malik can do and he plans to build, not build around him, but plans to bring him along in a nice way. Well, we all know that Malik Monk eventually didn't get that much playing time under JB either. Is Steve Clifford and James Booknight going to go the same way in this transition as the Malik Monk thing with Steve Clifford going to JB? Like, are, are we feeling good about this now regarding Booknight and then eventually, when it comes to actual playing time, is Book Knight going to see the bench again? And then we're going to have this drama rear its head once more. Like, he's so young, you can't give up on the guy. I just have seen this movie before. Clearly, a lot of talent can get to the rim with the best of them. That was his thing coming out of college, uber athlete. Hopefully, he can shoot at a nice percentage from three when the game is on the line or even just in the midst of a game, right? Because everybody fell in love with his shot when there wasn't anybody guarding him. And we had all the workouts where everybody was like, oh yeah, this guy's hitting all of them that he's taken. But once you get actual defense on him, you know, it dipped last year, but again, it's his first ever season. The guy only played, I think two years at UConn and then came into the NBA. So even if he wasn't a rookie or a freshman coming into the league, still a really young player. So there's still some time for him to learn. The other comment I want to get to, I want to go back to Kelly Oubre because 
Kelly Oubre does have some self-awareness and you got to love Tsunami Poppy at the podium. Like, I know I've been hard on Kelly Oubre from what he did last year, especially in the second half, but it doesn't mean I don't love the Tsunami Poppy mantra. Like, Kelly as a dude is really cool. <laughs> I like being around him. And anytime you are, you're laughing and he's laughing with his teammates. It seems like all the players really like him. You could even tell that, too, with Golden State, where there was all the drama surrounding him, too. But even with all that drama where he wasn't exactly pleased with his role, he mentioned that Steph Curry texted him saying, hey, you're going to love Charlotte. You know, congratulations. Like, it didn't seem like there was any any beef between him and the players over at Golden State, at least not from what I remember. And maybe there was something there on, on the Golden State side that they can point to. But Kelly seems to get along with the players pretty well. And this is what he had to say about his new head coach, Steve Clifford, too. He said, I was a defensive, you know, Steve Clifford told Kelly that he thought Kelly was a defensive pest and quote last year. I obviously, uh, I obviously got off of that. Kelly said he feels like he needs to step it up defensively again. Kelly said, we want to be more selfless. Coach Clifford has talked about sacrificing some parts of our game to win. Winning is the only option. See, I, I put a lot of credence into that quote. Here it is again. We have to be more selfless. Coach Clifford has talked about sacrificing some parts of our game to win. Winning is the only option. You get to some of these players that are veterans in the league, and at some point, you just got to understand who they are. You get that from Kelly. He's been posting similar numbers his entire career. Yes, some seasons are better than others, but for the most part, we know what Kelly Oubre is. Maybe we thought he would be a better defender than he actually was last year, ranking very low in some of the advanced stats. Maybe you put that to the second half, Kelly not exactly thrilled with his role, and maybe that did show up on the defense and, uh, defensive end of the floor. But if we're talking about real sacrifice, I think about this in two ways. One, Kelly on the defensive end needs to step it up, provide more energy, get in a stance, stay in front of his guy. He has the athleticism. He has the wherewithal to do that. Hopefully that can take place, but also offensively part of the problems with him on that end of the floor is the fact that Kelly doesn't pass. I mean, the guy doesn't, he is going to chuck it up from beyond the arc. And when he does it, it's actually something I like when he drives in the lane, attacking Kelly Oubre is good. Kelly Oubre, you know, the shooting Kelly Oubre is inconsistent. Kelly Oubre. So if he's picking his shots from beyond the arc better, if he's driving more, which would help with that downhill scoring that Miles Bridges uh, leaves behind with his absence, if Kelly can pick that up, that'd be great. And can Kelly maybe not playmake, but can he pass a little more? Like, can you rotate it? That's something that he didn't do a whole lot. His passing numbers are not good. So if we're talking about his words, sacrificing something. If Kelly can do that, maybe that is one of the things you can look forward to as far as a benefit goes in a change coming up next season. So let's go to the third segment now where we've talked about the Rod Boone article, the Kelly Oubre conversation. I want to get to some more of what these players were talking about during media day and some of their and you know, some of their thoughts on new head coach Steve Clifford. You know, here we are talking about some of the veterans and how we think. They kind of are who they are at this point, but there are some tweaks. And that's something Steve Clifford has talked about quite a bit. You know, because we we all think of James Borrego as the player development coach. 
But Steve Clifford comes in and says, this is the misconception with player development is that people think it only happens with one, two, three year players, maybe going into their fourth. But player development can happen at any point in a player's career. You know, so maybe that could be attributed to Kelly. But I also wonder how much defensively it could be attributed to Terry Rozier. We talked with Terry on FNZ as well. And he discussed defensively that Steve Clifford is going to have this team playing better. But then at the podium, Terry said, that's on me. Terry Rogier says, it starts with me. I need to be a better defender, especially because we just have been playing well on, you know, on, on that side of things the last couple of years. And Terry hasn't either, which we've heard from Terry before. But hopefully a new coach can bring something out of him we haven't seen from him before in a Hornets uniform. So Terry undergoing player development, maybe just being better at defense, that would really help. But it's funny because out of all the people we talked to on Hornets Media Day for FNZ, the the guys that we got to interview on the airwaves, it was PJ Washington, it was Cody Martin, it was Steve Clifford, and it was Terry Rozier. And I found myself having a lot better time talking to the first three guests than Terry, even though Terry is an amazing dude. Always loved Terry at the podium. If you want to quote, Terry's going to give you one better than all those guys. It's just, if you think about those three players, you know, PJ has an interesting question, uh, question mark surrounding him, right? Like what role is he going to bring to the table? You know, somebody that lost 10 pounds, hired the nutritionist is embracing that defensive identity. Is he going to have to step up in miles absence offensively? All right. Lots of questions there. We had plenty of content for PJ Cody Martin. Kind of the same thing. Hey, you just got a new contract. What's that like? How do you like being with a defensive-minded coach now? You know, Steve Clifford, plenty of questions for him. I found myself not really having a ton of questions for Terry. Like, we just talked about him as a leader, and it was harder to think of content for him because, you know, just to give you an idea of how it is when you're hosting a radio show on Media Day, it's like you don't know exactly who you're going to get at any time. We didn't know we were going to get Cody. You know, Terry, I think we did. It was either going to be LaMelo or Terry Rogier, And eventually we got Terry at the end. It's like, man, you kind of know what you're going to get from Terry at this point. Dude's going to be an awesome shooter. Catch and shoot. You know, he's going to make 200 threes every season. We've seen him do that the last three years. He's gotten better as a decision maker with the ball in his hands, even though you don't necessarily want him being your backup point guard. But you kind of know what you're going to get from Terry. And I thought that was funny. Like I, I didn't have as much content for one of the better talkers on the team, maybe the best talker on the team, one of the more infectious personalities, because we know what we're going to get from Terry Rozier. And speaking of infectious personalities, we'll end on this. It, it is so fun to be around LaMelo, man. Like it's crazy. I, you know, I, I don't like I, I know it's funny because people are going to be like, well, OK, Walker, great. You know, we all know how LaMelo is, but it's so true. I just want people to understand how genuine it is. Right. Like when you're at Spectrum Center and you could see this, too, on, on the Hornets uh, Twitter page, they gave LaMelo the camera, you know, just some marketing stuff, putting it out there. Um, LaMelo is going around with the GoPro all all around talking to different players. And he was in front of us doing that because we were on the court. And, you know, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, what, what's up in Panthers world, man? Oh, you're looking at the Panthers? You know, Baker Mayfield. OK, I was like, yeah, they got the win the other day, man. He's like, yeah, that's all. like it doesn't matter who you are. He wants to come up and talk to you just about anything. Just having a good time. He's excited. And, and that's 
you know, if you talk about a personality you want from your star player, the guy that makes everybody feel welcome, right? The guy that's going to be in the gym constantly. And that's what Steve Clifford has praised him for, how he doesn't leave the gym. Same thing for Leangelo, by the way, after that one year deal. That's the thing Steve Clifford talked about. Dude's an awesome worker. We want those guys at training camp. So when they came out with that final training camp roster and Leangelo was on it, he's like, yep, that guy doesn't leave the gym, loves to work with the team. We want those guys at training camp. That's cool. But LaMelo is the same, except he's just one of the better players in the NBA. The dude's a legitimate all-star. And when he makes everybody feel welcome, when he's working really hard, when he just has a lot of skill, when he wants to get better, when he's saying good things about Steve Clifford's new ideas or just like points of emphasis, not like it's this groundbreaking idea. Hey, if Lamelo shot more free throws, he'd be better. But he's embracing it like they're watching film and learning on how to be better at that. You want all of those things from your star player. And in an offseason that brought a lot of negativity, it's a pretty big point of positivity right there. So we'll see exactly how it all take place for this Hornets team this season. But good vibes on media day. And we'll see how much we can keep it rolling. And we'll see if Doug can help me do that as he joins me once again coming back on tomorrow. I think he will still be at the beach, but still going to be hopping on with me and helping us out here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks to you for joining us once again and making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes Lockdown NBA, by the way. You need to check out Lockdown NBA. It's your daily 30-minute update on everything taking place within the association. Um, again, go check out Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>